have started this little series on uh, walking with God last week with you. Today is the more, what I would call the more academic uh, part of the lesson, and that's why I sandwiched it in between. And so uh, hoping you will say, hey, that wasn't the greatest, but I'm really looking forward to next week when I talk about prayer and healing. So, uh, but before I uh, continue, I wanted to really do this last week, and this is a little sermonette within the sermon. Uh, and this is a constructive relationship between the speaker and the hearer. Because anytime I say something, or a Pastor Eric says something, or any speaker, you hear them on the radio or a podcast, and they say something, understand where we're all coming from. We're all coming from our desire to get it right uh, in the Word of God. But so that represents the truth up there. But I don't always understand it completely. And I, will, and I will probably be off. I don't want to be off. I try to get it right. I try to get it accurate. We study. We study to show ourselves approved. But I'm human, and uh, so I'm going to present it truth as I understand it. If I don't always say that, when I say the Bible says, uh, it's the Bible says as I understand it, Right? Uh, and, and I've heard people, I've probably even said in the past when I was uh, in my 20s preaching that, uh, I, you know, that I just, I just stand on the Word of God. I stand on the Word of God as I understand it. It might be a little off. I don't want it to be off, but it might be. Then there's this other thing, and that's as I can explain it. So I'm up preaching, and I'm preaching the Word of God as I understand it. But, that, but then there might be a little difference between as I understand it and as I can explain it. Sometimes we would say, oh, it's in my head, but I just can't articulate, right? So you have, if I ever say anything or a preacher or Pastor Eric ever says anything that you don't agree with, it might, you might actually agree it was just the way it was explained, right? And then there is the truth as you understand my explanation of it. So it has to filter through your head as well. And as you can see from all of those blocks, every one of them offset just a little bit. So what we all need is grace for one another. Grace that says we are presenting whatever we say, and I need this for next week more than I need it for this week, but I wanted to give you a whole week to let it marinate, right? So no matter what we say, we always need grace with one another. Nobody pretends, not me for sure, to have it all figured out nor do I pretend to bat a thousand. I know better. I've been preaching way too long to know better. So I need grace. You show me grace as you understand it, as you hear it. And, um, and again, it'll mean more to you next week. Walking with God is what we've been talking about, this idea of the day-to-day. Most of the time when we talk about our relationship with the Lord, it usually runs to a certain event. When I say, how's the relationship with the Lord? You say, oh, let me tell you, it, it's, it's been great and because of some particular blessing. So we pin our walk with God, our relationship with God to a, an event. Sometimes we'll say, oh, he's been really close to me because of a valley that I'm walking through. Again, it's a mountaintop experience or a valley experience. What our desire has been over uh, starting last week and, and then today and the next week is to get us to consider our walk with God day in and day out. What does that look like? What does it look like when it's not a mountain or a valley? What does just an average day 
with your relationship with the Lord look like? And we're using this phrase, walking with God, because it sort of carries that sense. We're not running, we're not flying, we're not moving super fast, or we're not standing still, we're walking with God. And that you can do day in and day out. There are the verses that we shared last week. I talked to you about this uh, a slide last week about being side-by-side versus in a caravan, right? You can be in a large group going somewhere, and, and, and the whole group can be moving toward God, but you're not side-by-side side with him. That's the advantage of walking with the Lord. We said then, if you desire this walk with God, and I can sell you on, okay, yes, I do want a day-in and day-out relationship with the Lord. Where do I get it? The, the best way to understand God is to get an understanding of Jesus. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He came not only to die for us, but he came to give you an expression of what the Father was like. The best way to get an, an understanding of Jesus is through his word. So therefore, I said this last week, your relationship with God or Jesus will be based upon your relationship with his word. It's really hard to separate the two. In fact, you just really can't. The word was with God and the word was God. And so said another way, and to me this is sort of like the crux of the whole matter, your success of your walk with God that day in and day out will be in direct correlation to your success in his word. Now, if that sort of already bums you out because it's just like, well, I've just always had a tough time reading the Bible. Maybe it's not just reading the Bible. Maybe it's listening to the Bible being read. That you version that Pastor Eric mentioned just a few moments, it'll do that for you. Uh, oftentimes, that, that's what I do of a morning. I listen to it. I like to follow along. My, my favorite is to read it, and my favorite is to read it out loud to where I can hear it. I can hear my own voice repeat the scriptures. That's my favorite, but sometimes I'll just be in the car, and I'll just turn it on and uh, you know, plug it in and, and listen to it. There are, uh, you can have, with that U version, you can have a verse sent to you. Say, well, I just, I've never really worked it into my life. I've never really worked uh, much of the word of God into my life. Obviously, you're here on Sunday mornings. You're hearing it preached and taught, and that is absolutely to be commendable. I had two objectives this morning. One is I want to encourage you to pursue a, 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 a greater relationship in his word. My other objective is not to make you feel guilty about whatever you feel like the distance is between you and the scripture. That's not the relationship your, your heavenly father wants to have with you. He doesn't want to guilt trip you into spending time with him. Right? He wants that relationship to be because you, because you see the advantage of it. I mean, after all, it's walking with God. Who doesn't want to do that? So I want you to sort of flip the little switch in your mind about this isn't about reading your Bible. This is about hearing the voice of God. Well, yeah, I mean, who, what, who wouldn't want to do that? Yeah, right, who wouldn't want to do that? Well, how do you do that? You do that through the Word of God. So you can't separate the, hearing the voice of the Lord from having a relationship with His Word. It's primarily how He speaks to you. Now, I do think He speaks to our heart. He can impress upon our heart some things but primarily God's going to speak to us through his word. How does uh, his word then speak to you? I uh, used this uh, whiteboard last week to get started with it uh, because I think there's primary, at least for me, and I said this I think last week, that I don't know if this is a sermon as much as a testimony, 
for me, but here are the three primary ways that the Word of God speaks to me. Uh, last week I mentioned the Word of God speaks to me as a book of, it's, it's, it's about a providential God. That, and to me, that's foundation. So the Bible, the main purpose, not the only purpose, but the main purpose of the Bible is not to tell you what to do. The main purpose of the Bible is to tell you what God has done and what God is going to do. The main purpose of the Bible is to increase your faith in God, not to increase your faith in you and, and how successful you've been to live up to his word. Yeah, we, wanna, we, we absolutely want to measure our walk with the Lord. That's what I'm talking about this morning. But the main, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith in what? Faith in God. And when you get into his word, you realize and you find out that there are some guarantees that he gives you. You realize that all things are working out for my good. Not all things are good, but all things are working out for my good. I said last week, it's the easiest thing to explain when you talk about the providence of God, but one of the hardest things to comprehend, and that is God's in charge. That's easy to explain. And God is all powerful. That's absolutely right. And it's all going to wrap up the way God says it's all going to. That's exactly right. And yet he gives me choice and a part to play. And so I understand. He said, well, if he gives you a choice and a part to play, maybe you can screw it up. There's no way you're going to screw it up for him because he's already determined how it all ends up. And according to Romans chapter 8, verse 29, I am destined to be conformed to his image. And I have a guarantee. And I'm resting in his excellency. And so there is something about the providence of God. That is my foundation. That is that is my, that, that, therein lies my hope, not in what I'm going to do and how successful I've been to follow the principles that I'm going to talk, encourage you to follow in just in a moment, but it's a, my hope is in what God has done and what God will always do. I said to you last week, we, we ended up with where is your hope? Some people have their hope in, in the fact that I've done what I believe God would have me to do, therefore God's got to answer my prayer request, Right? And so because I'm doing what I believe God would have me to do, he has to honor my prayer request. That is very admirable that you're doing what you believe the Lord would have you to do. But dear friend, you're never going to put God in a corner. You're never going to get God in a place where he says, ah, I guess I got to come through for him. Ah, I guess I got to do for her because, I mean, after all, she's doing. No, no, God's in charge. God's on the throne. So my hope is in not what I've been able to do. My hope is what God has always done. My hope is in the fact that what God has always done, God is always going to do. And what is that? Ultimately, it's because I know that God operates from a position of love for me. God loves me. God loves me because I behave. God loved me, friend, while I was yet a sinner. God died for me while I was yet a sinner. God gave me Jesus already. The scripture says if he gives you Jesus, what else is he going to withhold from you? He loved you while you were unlovable. Why? Because that's who God is. And so that's, that's, that's where my hope rests, that I have a loving heavenly father who expressed himself to me in the image of his son that he sent for me. And therein lies my hope in this providential God. And so that's my first relationship with the Word of God when I'm reading it. Secondly, and a little more academically, it is a book of principles. I mean, the Bible is full of principles. Uh, I didn't give this reference uh, last time, and I just uh, thought about it. 
uh, while I was up here and then, and, and then failed to say it. But uh, write down 2 Timothy 3.16. You get a little something at the 9 o'clock, didn't get it. Isn't that something? Don't you feel special? 2 Timothy 3.16, and it says this, that all Scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All Scripture is profitable. The verses I have for you up here is Psalm 119, 105, and 160. That the word of God is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The Bible says that the truth has been from the very beginning. God has established his truth and it runs to all generations. In other words, there'll never be a time where the word of God is irrelevant to your life. Some people think, well, because it's a book of antiquity, right? It's been around for a couple millennia now and even longer than that. And so it's outdated. No, not at all, dear friend. It's alive and it has an active ingredient to speak to your heart and your soul and your mind. And it will absolutely speak to your life today. So it's a book of principles. I said last week, uh, it's where I get my hope. Also, it's where I get my help. I mean just practical help. It's, it's, it's what I can do. It's also, it's my foundational book. I hope it tells me what God has done and what God will do. But it also speaks to the things that I can do. Last week I said I look to hear in my darkest times. I need that providential God. I live from here most of the time. This has been most of my experience um, in my own Christian life. It's just been finding the principles because the, the Scripture speaks to it. Whatever you're going through, the Scripture will speak to it. This, this, I said last week, I'm resting in his excellency. Uh, this week, uh, when it's concerning principles, I'm following his examples. The scripture says that the characters that we read in the Bible are there for our example. Now, you got to be careful sometimes what you apply, right? If you're following the life of Moses, uh, you don't want to do the bad. Uh, if you're following the life of David, you don't want to be on the housetop looking out on somebody else's wife. But those, those characters there are for our example to, to be able to follow. Last week I said that he guarantees, this providential God guarantees that my sins will be forgiven and stay forgiven. He guarantees me a home in heaven. He guarantees me my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. He guarantees me that I shall be robed and hid in the righteousness of Christ. That is my guarantee. This following this book of principles, though, I would just say to you that it, it increases your odds for a much more successful and blessed life. The odds will be more favorable. But what I want to say is be careful to look at the Word of God not like some book of magic. It's not, it is a book of miracles, and we'll talk about that next week. But it's not a book of magic. It's not a book of potions. That if I put in, you know, if I do A, B, C, and D... Or if I do these four steps, then I'm guaranteed this result. You're not going to find that here, and I'm certainly not going to propagate that idea. Because there is a God of providence who might take somebody like yourself who has been a successful Christian and take you through some very dark waters. Uh, who has followed the Lord to the best of your understanding and has been through the shadow of death. And you say, how does that... 
you know, Randall, how does that add up? I mean, I followed those principles and yet my life still went this way because there is a God of providence that I have to trust. But at least I know that I have followed the principles that the Lord has, that I believe the Lord has shown me. So it is a, a book of providence. And then I would say to you down here, so where is then your authority? Because everybody has an authority. Everybody has some authority when you decide what is right and wrong and what direction to go. Is it going to be based upon what you think? Is it going to be based upon what somebody else has said? Could I suggest to you that it be based upon the Word of God? When you can base your life upon the Scriptures, because it absolutely speaks to every issue of life. That's actually the three little statements, a couple applications, and one question to end on. Pick an authority. And let me encourage you for it to be the Word of God. Well, I don't know that I hold to it. I don't know that I tend to it. I don't know that, you know, I'd put a whole lot of stock in it. Some people will say, yeah, it could speak to Jesus and the way of salvation, but it could, could it actually address my marriage? Yes. Can it actually speak to me raising my kids? Yes. In fact, every issue of life is addressed in the Scripture. Every issue this is what turned me on to, uh, to history years ago. I used to loathe history. How many of you are history fans? History? How many of you couldn't stand it? Can't stand it now, bores you to death. I get it. I used to be right there. Couldn't stand it. Couldn't figure it out. Didn't understand why I got to know about all these dates and all this stuff that happened a whole long, long time ago that I was never going to make any impact on my life until a professor in Bible college who loved reading turned me on to the power of history. And the, and the thing that turned me on to it was history repeats itself. Same play, different actors. And here's the beautiful thing. You get to choose the role you play. Nobody signs up to be Hitler. And yet there will always be a crazy dictator on the planet. But now you're not going to sign up for that. So if you understand that history just repeats itself, you get an opportunity to, to decide what role you play. So whatever you're going through, friend, and this is what flipped the script for me about history, whatever I'm facing, somebody's faced it before. And if I find out how it worked out for them, it's not a guarantee how it'll work out for me, but I really better my chances because History repeats itself. Same thing with the scripture. When I go to the scripture and I understand, oh, there's nothing new under the sun. Relationships are the same. The human condition is the same. Yes, technology can change. And methods and means will change. Yes, I get that. But we're basically the same. The things that motivate us, the protection that we have for our families, the desire to excel, the, de the desire to have, the desire to be more, to, to see more, to experience more. All of this, it's just been on and on all down through human history. And so when you go to the Word of God, you have this wonderful opportunity to ask, hey, so what is it? Where is that you need the help? Well, I need help in my marriage. There's principles there. Well, I'm a new parent. How about parenting? There's parenting uh, uh, principles in the Word of God. 
I just started a business and I've got a new employee. Do you know the Bible speaks to bosses and employees and their relationship between each other and vice versa? The Bible, will tell you, the Bible will speak to you about neighbors. The Bible will tell you how to treat good neighbors and the Bible will tell you how to treat bad neighbors. The Bible will treat, uh, tell you how to treat the people that's blessed you and the folks that have cursed you. It's all right there. It speaks to every issue of life. They're all there. Not only that, Scripture has had the greatest influence on the Western world. So even if you're not a proponent of the Scripture, even if you would sort of short sell the impact that it's had in your life, you've grown up in a world that's been fashioned by it. Maybe you've heard the term Judeo-Christian, right? That's the old, basically the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it has had the greatest impact on what we understand to be the Western world. We might want to argue today its impact in this moment and its impact going forward, you know, lack of revival or awakening. But dear friend, it's just this idea, since it, since it is, and you could argue it and go, and I would just encourage you to go and look into it yourself. But our Constitution, the law, the, 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 the way we treat one another, the, the freedoms that we enjoy, it's all scripturally based. And since you're living in a world where the Bible has had the greatest impact in that world, wouldn't we just say to ourselves, you know what? I probably ought to familiarize myself with it just a little more. Third statement, and that is for those of us who attend on a regular Sunday, uh, here or at an, another place, with Sunday sermons. When you have a day-to-day -day time with the Word of God, when you have not just a weekend and week out, now that's wonderful, and the Scripture itself says that God gives prophets and, pro uh, 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 prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry to edify or to build up the saints. And so this thing right here that we're doing right here, we get this idea from the Word of God, where one of us uh, sets aside more time than, than the rest of us can, uh, can, can have and, and uh, study to show ourselves approved. We get up and we say, I believe, as I understand it, here's what the Word of God says and how it can be applied to your life. That's a powerful, powerful medium. But if, if that's all you receive during the week, and it's just week to week, it's sort of like working out just one day every seven. What's going to happen? You're just going to stay sore all the time. And by the time it sort of wears off, it's I'm working out again. But if you'll work out a little more through the week, you'll work that soreness out, and what happens? You actually get stronger. That's what I said. For some of us, when, it, when this is all we have or our only uh, encounter with the Word of God, we can survive. However, if you if you on Sunday mornings and you've had community group and you've already talked about the scripture in the middle of the week, maybe you're yourself, you've you've delved into the word of God, maybe you've listened to it a little bit on your own time, back and forth to work, and 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 so you've had that during the week time with the word of God, then Sunday mornings can be a supplement and not just a staple. Sunday mornings, then you, then, you, then you begin to see yourself actually thrive from the Word of God and not just survive. Two applications then in spending time in the Word of God. Never avoid peer pressure. Peer pressure. Never avoid peer review. Never avoid peer review. Welcome it. 
The scripture says in 2 Peter 1.20 that the, that the word of God is a, or the, the prophecy of the scripture is no, of no private interpretation. Beware of somebody who says, I and only I can tell you what this verse means. That's the guy you unfollow on Facebook. I and only I can tell you. I and only I have the... Now, you may have a favorite author or a favorite speaker, Pastor Eric, or you may have somebody like that that you say... He's got insight or she's got some insight, and I really enjoy reading after her or, read, or, or following them. They've got insight to something, but your spirit's going to resonate with it. When the, when the person is preaching truth, there's a spirit of God in that person to, to proclaim that truth. There's the spirit that you have resting in you, and it resonates. There was a group, in the, uh, a group of Christians in the, uh, that Paul mentioned, uh, the, the, the group of Berea. Um, and it says this, that they studied the scriptures after Paul would get up and preach, then they would get together or go home and study what he says to see if it resonated with them. I welcome that. I encourage that. And that way you never get somebody who says they can't be questioned or, oh, what I say, you just got to take it. Friend, that's just, as, that's so dangerous. Dangerous for the person saying and dangerous for the listener who buys into that. There's no private interpretation. You may have, somebody might have some insight. Somebody might be able to, to, to present a body of truth and, and frame it in such a way that it's like, oh man, yeah, the, I, I really see that now. But it's gonna resonate with you. And so never, uh, never hesitate to let your, what you believe those principles are, never hesitate to let someone sort of push up against them. Because we all have the same basis of truth. Next uh, application would be this. Uh, principles are accompanied by power. So because principles sometimes can be easy to understand and very hard to perform. Because a lot of times those principles call for discipline. And they call for us to get out of our comfort zone. So those principles sometimes can be difficult to live up under. It's like, yes, I, I see the principles here. But that's not easy. I see the principles about forgiving my enemies and blessing those who've done me wrong. I see that. But boy, that is hard to come by. Here's a beautiful verse. I fell in love with this passage, fell in love with this verse several years ago, and I claim it often. Philippians 2, verse 13, it says this, for it is God which works in you. Pause right there for just a second before you go any further. Drink that in. It is God which works in you. God's at work in you. This isn't a pull yourself up by your own bootstrap. This isn't a self-help thing. These, this book of principles is empowered by the same spirit that, in, that, that inspired the writers to write the principles. That same Holy Spirit dwells in you and is willing and longs to empower you. And, and notice this, for it is God which works in you both to will. I love that. Both to, it's his willpower. Well, if I just had the willpower, I, I've, I know my willpower. I don't like my willpower. I've experienced my willpower. It doesn't get me very far. 
but there's a spirit dwelling within me. And so if you're telling me the Holy Spirit indwells me to empower me, then, then trust in him. How do I trust in him? How do I rely then on him? How did you get saved? Colossians 2.6, right? The same way that you have believed, uh, then that, that's the, we, we, every step we take in the Christian faith is just like the first step we took to get into the Christian faith. Did you will yourself into salvation? No. Did you, did you like just, I'm just going to push through and I'm going to clean up my act and I'm going to start doing better and I'm going to get to a place to where God, where I deserve to be saved and redeemed. That's not the way you come to Christ. We come to Christ just as I am, without one plea. We come to Christ in total desperation and dependence upon him. Friend, I'm saved this morning not because I saved myself. It's not like I climbed up two or three rungs and he come down two or three rungs. And I'm really trying really, really hard, Lord, and so I'm putting myself in a savable position. No. You came to God and said, I can't save myself. I can't save myself a little. I can't help to save myself. I can't add to my salvation. And what did we do? We throw ourselves upon the mercy of God. Friend, the same thing. The, the, the way you came to Christ is the way you'll take every other step. Total and humble dependence upon him. The change you're wanting to see in your life the power you're wanting to experience in your life, that doesn't come because you get a few principles and I'm gonna, no, no, that's self-help stuff. These principles are God-given, but they're also God-empowered. So even the, I'm not even trusting in me being able to do the principles, I'm trusting in the God to work those principles through me. The same, the same verse says, work out your own salvation. But the very next phrase says what God is working within. So we have the principles. I'm going to follow these, but I'm trusting in the Lord to empower me through it. So here's uh, next week I'm going to talk to you. I'm, I'm good with this. I rest in the providence of God. And one of the reasons that I'm good with this is I don't have anything to do with it. Right? It's the providence of God. And therein lies my salvation and therein lies my foundation. I have lived most of my life over in this category right here, searching for principles, searching for insight, searching for, give me, I like the one, two, threes. I like the things that I can check. I like the checklist. I like the, am I doing this? Am I doing that? I love those things. But dear friend, uh, those aren't guarantees. And they don't really speak much to accidents, tragedies, or disease. Uh, they make life better and they make me better at life, but it's not the guarantee. These I understand, and this is where I've lived most of my life. I've said I live from here. It's this middle ground that says I can pray and I can get this God of providence involved in my personal life. We use terms like favor or anointing. So you're telling me that here's principles. You know what? People can follow the principles of God and not even be a follower of Christ, right? I mean, they're just 
just good principles by which to follow. You could be a businessman following godly principles and maybe not even have a faith in Jesus. So you follow the principles and you'll be better at life and life will be better to you. But this middle ground here, this place of I'm listening for, a, I'm listening for God's voice after his word. Phrases like, the Lord spoke to me and said, I've used that phrase. I used that phrase just the other day. The Lord, it didn't speak audibly, but he, and I would, you would say, he impressed upon my heart. Have you ever been there? Have you ever, have you ever felt like the Lord speaking to your heart? All right, that's this ground right here. That's where we'll talk about next week. But before that, think about this. Because sometimes our need is beyond a list of principles. Sometimes we need a miracle. But here's my question for you. Before we get to there, because that's like, you know, that's like the land we all want to dwell in. Before we get to there, here's the question. Am I asking for a miracle while ignoring a principle? Lord, I need help in my finances. And we, you know, we go out to the mailbox and just assume that, you know, they're going to get somebody else's mail mixed up with mine and I'm going to get a check. And it came from, you know, who knows where and a long lost aunt that we never knew about. And hey, if that happens, praise the Lord, don't forget to tithe. But chances are, if I'm asking for God to bless my finances, but I'm ignoring, ignoring the principles of godly financial stewardship, if I'm asking God for healing physically or emotionally, but I'm ignoring some principles that I know I should be following, you can't ignore the principles and asking God to override his own word. He won't do it. But there are moments and things that take place in our lives. Relationships, emotional well-being, physical well-being, conditions and positions we find ourselves in that the principle doesn't speak to. I got good news for you. There is a God in heaven who hears the voice of his children. We'll talk about that next week. Would you bow your heads with me, please, for just a moment? Two things that I, I wanted to make sure of. One is I wanted to encourage you to take a step toward uh, your increased relationship with the word itself. The other thing was I wanted to make sure that you as a follower of Jesus, faithful attender to hear his word preached and taught, that I didn't lay up on any kind of a guilt trip. That's not the relationship your heavenly father wants to have with you. He wants you to see the benefit of hearing his voice. And then once you discover that, we won't be able to keep you from the word of God. And you'll push through every obstacle that you could come up with because you'll see the the power in it, and more importantly, you'll see the absolute necessity of it. Father, I pray that you would bless your word to our hearts. Speak to us.
speak to our hearts. Lord, this morning, sort of academic, it's, it's a, a, basically a, an understanding of our mind, but Lord, I'm asking, Lord, for your presence in this place. Holy Spirit of heaven, speak to the dear folks sitting in this room. Give us a renewed interest, a renewed thirst for your word. In Christ's name, amen.